The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, Lord. Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to Mary, the angel said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord and Jesus Christ. So that gospel of the Annunciation is one we're all very familiar with. In light of today's Mass, in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Fairest Love, I think it can take on a new meaning for us, or a deeper meaning for us, which our psalm will help us to appreciate. O Mary, you are all fair. There is no blemish in you. That was our response today during for this response oral psalm, which was taken from the Song of Songs, interestingly enough, which was the Jewish way of saying the greatest song, the best song. And it's this song, this Jewish poetry, dedicated to human love, which of course has all kinds of spiritual applications. However, John Paul II would say, don't overlook what it really is about. So it really is about human love and the beauty of human love and how Mary, in a sense, embodied that in a particular way. Now we know that she and Joseph had a unique kind of marriage and that she and Jesus had a unique relationship that continued to evolve. But she grew more and more in love and in beauty. Hence, mother of fairest love. And that wasn't easy for Mary. It was very challenging, you can imagine. And that's why Jesus even hesitated at the wedding at Cana when she was asking for that first miracle. And he responded, woman, do you know what you're asking? 
Like, this is going to change our relationship. And she knew it was time. She knew it was time. God had favored her so much. And like a good Jewish mother, you know, she had her son around for 30 years. And she knew it was time for him to leave the house, so to speak, and begin his public ministry. As hard as that was for her, I'm sure, to let go. And I've read certain saints commenting on what they have received in prayer about Mary's life after Jesus ascended to heaven and how difficult that was for her not to have Jesus in the flesh around anymore. So it was not easy for Mary, just as it isn't easy for any mom to say goodbye to their kids, whether it's that first day of kindergarten or when they go off to college or when they get married. You know, there's a certain sorrow there, right? Jima can speak to that in a particular way. (laughs) And God knows all of that. God understands all of that. Mary understands all of that. And yet, over and over again, God comes in. God comes in. You know, Juma's also a widow. My mom is a widow. That's another particularly painful separation for a woman or a man if he's a widower. In all of these losses, God, God in, his, you know, in his grace, in his mercy, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and fill those places. And of course, that takes faith. That takes great faith. But I think Mary, again, serves as a model for all of us. She's an inspiration for all of us. I think there's a temptation sometimes to just look at Mary and admire her from afar. (laughs) Yeah, she's the immaculate conception. She's the blessed ever Virgin Mary and she's assumed into heaven now, body and soul and queen of heaven and earth. And how in the world could I possibly relate to her? But I think if we examine her life a little more closely, we see that she too had to wrestle with a lot of loss. She lost Joseph. She lost Jesus. She lost those first apostles that were martyred. Who knows if she was alive for some of that or not. But nevertheless, there was real loss that she experienced that we too all experience. And over and over again, she just had to keep inviting God into those places, which really just made her more and more beautiful. It made her more and more beautiful. God continued to chisel, you might say, Mary. And it's not like he was taking big swings with a hammer and chisel, but no, he was really polishing her and just making her more and more beautiful as she just opened up to God's will, to God's grace, over and over again, just trusting that God would more than make up for whatever losses she was experiencing. 
So that is a real model for us. That is an inspiration because we've all lost our innocence in different ways because of sin in our lives. Our own sin, people's sins against us, this fallen world that we live in. And we can feel the effects of that in different ways. But what does Mary teach us? To just go to the Lord with that. To go to the Lord with that. And then to be open to receiving his healing grace, his mercy, that balm, that Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit that comes in gently. You know, he'd come in like a wind and he'd come in like tongues of fire. But as we pray in the liturgy here, in Eucharistic prayer number two, I can use that one today. Like the dewfall. Like the dewfall. How gentle is that? How gentle is that? And just as the the petals of a flower open up to receive the dewfall. That's where we get the word for chalice, actually, from calyx. I learned that from Christopher West. Mm-hmm. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come down upon the chalice and the patent. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come down and to transform the contents of that chalice. So, too, we invite the Holy Spirit We open up ourselves, the petals of our hearts, you might say, and minds and bodies to receive the Holy Spirit so that our lives can be transformed, so that the emptiness, the loss, can be filled up with something even better than what we lost, so to speak. God transforms it. He makes it all new. He makes it life-giving. He makes it fruitful. He comforts us. He consoles us. He strengthens us. He pours his light into us. And he helps us to see things in new ways. And he helps us to experience his presence, his goodness, his truth, his beauty in new ways. So Mother Mary, Mother of fairest love, help us to open up to all that God wants to give us here at this Mass and each and every day of our lives so that we can be made new and become all that he created us to be. Amen. Amen.